Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. And for this week, I was joined by Marcus Smith from Black Ovis. And most of you know Black Ovis as your one-stop shop when it comes to all things hunting gear like archery, equipment, boots, clothing, backpacking gear, and a ton more items that you could think of. I had the opportunity to meet Marcus at this past year's ATA show in Kentucky, and I knew right away that I wanted to get him on the show. Well, it's better late than never, and I had a great time talking to Marcus when it came to Western hunting his gear, and just a bunch of other different topics we touched upon. So enjoy today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and Antler Up. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to share with you a few discount codes that will help you save some money and get ready for the upcoming hunting season. And one of them is going to be Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America and falls upon us. So no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. It legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt for your next adventure and purchase at blackrifle.com use code antler at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club order subscription last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers we partnered with social media platform go wild to combat mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. Let's get into this week's episode with Marcus Smith. All right, dude. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again for another episode of our Antler Up podcast. On the other line, I'm joined by Marcus Smith from Black Ovis, marketing brand manager for Black Ovis and Camofire. So, Marcus, man, I thank you for getting on and, and chatting with us tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Stoked to be here. Oh man, I'm I'm super stoked to have you. A lot of our listeners know that I love talking gear. So obviously we'll we'll get into that, especially now that hunting season is already starting here in the western states. And with you guys that are located out there in Utah, I think this will be a great, you know, we could get into the must-haves for some western hunting. And uh I ventured out there two years ago and kind of you know, my head was wrapped and spinning around like crazy of what, what gear do I need? What gear do I not need? And so I, we could talk a little bit about that, but Marcus, we met at ATA this year and then we, we were trying to line up a podcast and uh, June was rolling around and I was ending school and we finally got you on, man. Like you, we were just saying uh, before off it, when we were off air, busy people, man. I traveled a lot this summer. You were out traveling a lot this summer. So I greatly appreciate you dude coming on. Well, absolutely. I'm stoked we could line this up. 
like you said, busy people get busy people. I yeah. mean, we, we never stop moving around here. Everyone at Black Elvis and Camel Fire, we wear multiple hats. I've been traveling with a bunch of the crew here. Just got back from Vortex headquarters. Before that, we were up in Idaho. I mean, we're always moving. So I'm glad we could line this up. Speaking of being up there at Vortex, good guys up there. Love them. Oh, yeah. Uh, great products. Were you out there by chance when uh, Kip Adams was up there? I am he, not sure. He's with the um, National Deer Alliance. Um, I don't think I ran into him. We okay. actually did a giveaway with Vortex. It was the Vortex Experience where anyone can sign up for our giveaways. It's always free. And we took two people out to experience Vortex. They got a VIP tour. We went out and shot rifles at like 1,200 yards. It was freaking rad. That's awesome. Um, super rad. The great people over there, great products. We we love them as a partner for sure. Yeah, I re- just actually yesterday. So this is today's the 17th. Uh, on the 16th, I just got in my Razer HD 10 by 42s and the Razer, there we HD, go. Razer HD 4000 rangefinder. And I was running as my rangefinder was perfectly fine. I had the Ranger 1800. It's a awesome, awesome rangefinder for sure. Uh, right now you could actually get it. I, I looked just to see. Uh, I paid a lot more for what it is being sold for now just because I know they just recently came out with three additional uh, rangefinders. So they have plethora of, of options. But that Razer uh, HD 4001, man, it, that thing is crystal clear as is are the the binos the binos were just blew me away i was running their diamondback 10 by 42s and not the hd ones even so like the cheapo of, of cheapo ones i guess you could say and they did a phenomenal job they were great you know you had the lifetime warranty uh but yeah this is like uh my let my father-in-law yesterday because he came over uh for dinner and stuff and i said here look look through these jay and he looked through them and he goes Man, you, if you look at a person, you might see if he missed a, a hair on his neck from shaving with these. <laughs> so they're you awesome. Know, Vortex, Vortex is rad for a lot of reasons. Like I love that company. I love the people there. The products are phenomenal. But just like you, I started out on the Diamondbacks. Long mm-hmm. time ago, I had a pair of like, I think they're like 150 bucks. I mean, they get the job done. They do a fantastic job. Like Clarity is is up there. It's a great starter by now. And it's a great bino if you're on a budget. But now I am using, like like you, that Razor. I have a UHD pair as well. And, I mean, they're just phenomenal. Yeah. No, like you said, I mean, I took those Diamondbacks out to Utah with me, and I glassed mountains, and they, they do the job. It's not, you know, they're, yep. you know, if, if the opportunity comes about where you could upgrade and, and do that, and it's not going to hinder your living, go for it. So you'll definitely see the difference. And that's that's the other thing to think about. I mean, as we're talking about gear, I mean, gear is just rabbit holes, endless oh, yeah. rabbit holes. <laughs> and it's so hard to not dive down them, but you got to be smart at the same time. I mean, a lot of us have families, we have, we have life goals and you can't just be spending all your money on gear. Yep. And when it comes to that, there are great options. And Vortex is one of those. You don't have to literally just empty your wallet to get a good pair of binos to get yep. some good glass. Well, Marcus, let's talk about a little bit about you before we dive deep into gear and, and some other things uh, re- regarding for this podcast. You know, when I look you up, like I was saying, professional <laughs> uh, skier, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And doing a lot of doing the uh, whole digital things of editing and, and uh, the video stuff. What talk first about that and then how that kind of led you on the path where you are today. Absolutely. So yeah, like you said, I, I've been skiing professionally for the last 10 or so years. Like 
I can't even keep track of so it. You're now. still I doing it. I still do it. Yeah. Hell yeah still get dude. after it. Um, yeah, I don't compete or anything. I, I ski for different companies. I travel around, we do films and that's really what got me into the creative content side of filming and photography, which I love been doing that for a really long time. Um, but yeah, super funny. I mean, I've, I grew up hunting with my family, but I, before I worked here, honestly, I couldn't have even told you like some of the big names in the industry. Cause I was in the skiing world and hunting was totally separate, but I've always, I've been doing marketing for as long as I can remember for the different companies that I ski for. And one day I was in black Ovis just testing out some Merino and I had a hoodie on and the owner walks to the door. And at the time I didn't know it was the owner, but uh, I had a hoodie on from a company that I skied for a really long time ago. And, uh, he comes over and he's like, Hey, sweet hoodie. And apparently it was a, it was an outerwear company that one of his family members had started. And so we just got to chatting and I had just graduated uh, from BYU with a marketing degree and it just lined up really well. I've always been super passionate about hunting and it just kind of kept rolling from there and turned out to be really awesome. Dude, that's crazy. So you were saying you, you grew up hunting. So you, I'm assuming you yep. grew up out West and what kind of things yep. did you do growing up as far as chasing your, what game were you mainly uh, focusing on? You know, my family, we were just an elk family. I mean, we'd go out every single year and shoot cows and spikes. Every single one of us, we always had about probably four elk in our freezers. I mean, we ate a lot of elk and we still do and we love it, but you know, we never even really got into deer until I got into hunting about, or well, sorry, a lot more into hunting, yeah. especially the solo game about five, six years ago. That's when I kind of started dipping my toes into the mule deer world and, and really everything else. And hunting is a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. You just can't stop you. I mean, now I went out to Idaho, shot a bear this year, super rad. I mean, you just keep finding these cool outlets for hunting and you want to chase them. But yeah, we just grew up as an elk family. That's cool. Now, I like I mentioned to you, so I'm super green when it comes to Western style hunts. Uh, I have a friend, Tim, who's done it multiple years, has been very successful multiple years uh, going out for mule deer, going out for elk. And we grew up in the same town and uh, he went to a different, he went to a private school growing up. So I knew of him. We didn't really hang out, obviously, but uh, he was a year younger than me. But at the same time, as we grew up and were adults and, you know, Facebook is around and I'm seeing like, man, that's a friggin' awesome mule deer. Like, where's he going? You know what I mean? It was so, you know, I was just, all, I was just whitetail, obviously here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and so Tim and I connected. And so Tim, Dimitri and I, two years ago, went out to Utah and we were going after a mule deer, man, I Tim has been successful on two bulls and I think two, two mule deer. Uh, so please don't quote me if I'm wrong, but he loves mule deer hunting. Like he's like, I would rather go chase mule deer. And when I was in Montana, now I haven't gone on a elk hunt, so I, I can't, you know, say one or the other. When I was in Montana a couple of weeks ago, uh, for tack, I had a chance to see a bunch of mule deer. Uh, I was, we we're in this, uh, little, little Creek area, a little Creek area. And Spoonie, who was the kid I was with from Tethered, he was fishing, and behind me was two mule deer, like just grazing, one bedded down. I had the wind in my face. I go, Spoonie, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, put a spot, a uh, stock on him, see how close I could get. And Marcus, I got like four yards. I could hear him chewing oh, his cud. He's breathing. He has no care in the world. 
I mean, I could have like quick jumped and I might have like been kicked in the face probably. But, <laughs> and then as I'm doing this, I'm like, man, these things are just so magnificent. They're just so cool. Man, I, I'm like itching to go back mule deer hunting, man. You know, what's funny is like in the office, like all of us hunt, we're hunters here at Black Oaks and Camel Fire. I don't think there's one person back here who isn't passionate about it. And we'll talk about this a lot. There's some guys and gals that are, mule deer only or elk only. And to me, it's apples and oranges. I can't even compare them because they're so different. I mean, when you're just feet away from a screaming six by six, <laughs> just 350 bull, like it's so wild. And you're feeling things that you have never felt. You're thinking, oh my gosh, this is the only thing I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life. Hunt elk, get close to them, enjoy that experience. But then once you get to the deer rut, and you see these just stud bucks coming out of the woodwork, cruising after these does, lip curling. You're like, holy smokes, <laughs> this is this is so legit. But again, it just comes back to that. There's they're two different worlds, and to me, I can't even be like, you know what? I would love. I'm an elk guy, or I'm a mule deer guy. For me, I'm I'm both. I love it. I love the Western big game scene. That's awesome. You were saying about five, six years ago, you really dove in deep and you really kind of changed and it's a lifestyle yeah. change. It really does. Like it is, it's, it's mm -hmm. crazy. I see how even I have evolved over the last decade uh, before even starting antler up, the more I was going into this and man, even since start starting antler up, it's been even like tenfold, obviously. So yep. man, what, how does that like transition? Like what change, what changes have you made? Where have you kind of gone down? Like one rabbit holes, maybe two, like your priorities, I guess you could kind of say. And, yeah. and like what, what kind of things have evolved over you since five, six years ago? Or I know that's kind of a big question. Like what made you do it? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, so I had been rifle hunting my whole life. Like me and my brothers, we had custom built 22s. Like we did everything on them. We all had seven mags and we'd hunt elk every single year. When it really shifted for me is when I got into archery. Um, I mean, it is, it's so dang fun. Um, and it's a whole nother world. Rifle hunting, you go out and you can be successful. Don't get me wrong. There are difficulties to rifle hunting. And once you dive into that world, it's just rabbit holes left and right. Um, but it's so different there. It's again, goes back to the apples and oranges things thing. And when I got into archery, I just did a deep dive and I couldn't come out. I just loved it so much. One of my buddies, Tim Gillingham, he is a professional archer. And I mean, he's, he's done everything in the book. He's tested out every bow stabilizer configuration site, everything. And he actually taught me how to shoot. He helped me set up my first bow and I just, to this day, I cannot get enough of archery. I mean, we're out here, we we shoot every single day at lunch or after work and we're always testing out new stuff. But that was really the big shift for me. When I got into archery, I just, I loved it. I love the idea of getting so close to these animals and because I mean, with rifles nowadays, and this isn't true for every case, but the equipment is so good that if you can see it, you can usually get pretty close to getting a shot off. That is not the case with archery. Yep. Archery, you have to master every bit of what you're doing. I mean, the stock, the shot, the mental aspect, being quiet, I mean, all of it. And so that was the big shift for me. And since then, the transition has just been literally trying out 
everything I can think of. And that was one of the inspirations for me from my buddy, Tim, is that he's tried out everything and I wanted to do the same. Like I, I've learned a ton from him because honestly he is one of the best archers in the world, but I wanted to go down my own path of archery, which I think is important for everyone, especially if you, if you want to learn how to build your own bow, your own arrows, be able to manipulate things while you're hunting and before the season. I think you have to, you have to test things. You have to stop listening to people like us on yep. podcasts being like, Hey, you know what? Oh, I want 20 percent FOC and that's going to penetrate anything. You know what? Try it out. Stop listening to us and, and figure out what you want to try. And that's really what I, I do. I try and I try and take from a lot of different great sources that like you and, and, and other people and just test things out. And I have a blast doing it. Dude, there are two things come to mind. Uh, what you just said about testing and it really resonates with me. And one is I've talked about it on the recent podcast, but I didn't, I didn't dive into it and I dive, I dove into a little bit of it with Cameron Durr from Exodus trail cameras. And I, I did, okay. and we were talking about the shot process cause he was going through some struggles. I was going through some struggles last year and I right now, I'm going to knock on, on, uh, plastic. I guess. <laughs> I've been so good with up here mentally with the shot process and a lot has to do with it. It stemmed, I would say about four years ago, I was shooting very confident in everything. Like you could have said, Hey, Jeremy, come out here and let's, we're going to enter you in this little tournament, whatever. I'd have been like, sure. Okay. You know, and I would have just showed up and, and done it. And it would have no, I was, I would, I would be too stupid to realize the moment if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Now fast forward, like you were saying, you get down that rabbit hole, man. Ooh, if you do this and me, I'm, I want to tinker on my arrows. I want to see like, Oh, what's that kind of release? Oh, that's a thumb button. Like you see it. And then now like as a professional, uh, teacher, you know, being a, in the world, when I say professional, I'm talking in the working profession. Yeah. I could afford that. So I'm like, let me see what that's about. So I start shooting a thumb button. I was like, wow, I'm more accurate. Even with this thing, I start, I Robin hood and arrow. I'm, I'm continuously fixing fletches. And then I'm watching a video that I edit, man, why am I just doing this? Like I'm slapping the trigger with my thumb. (laughs) And then you start looking more down the rabbit hole of like, you should have this, like what Dudley kind of preaches and maybe what that works. And it's, it's worked for thousands of people, thousands of people. It did not work for me like at all. And it caused me extreme target panic, extreme target panic. So then it was like, okay, well, hunting season's coming up. I got to put a bandaid on it. I'm going back to a wrist strap. I was okay. I was well enough to, to, to still like calm myself down and then hunting season would go by and obviously I would shoot here and there and I would just make sure I'm, I'm able to hit where I need to hit. And then the off season would come about and that's when I was trying to get better. And then last season happened and killed a doe actually after ATA, I was drawn back on a buck uh, in November during a rut, but I had to let down because he, he ventured off chasing a doe and had no shot opportunity this past off season, Marcus, I made it a, an effort to go back to the basics, 
shoot a back. I was shooting a back strap from Dudley, the the wrist strap, because that felt to me the most comfortable draw cycle, controlling everything. Mm-hmm. And then, and I tried a, I tried the hinge from Ultraview. I shot so many releases, man, and it each one served a purpose for me. And I've settled on the Stan Onyx thumb button. The, for anybody that like I'm, I'm five, seven, I don't have enormous hands. I got, you know, I got T-Rex arms, all that stuff going. This medium size release for me, I'm able to get my thumb around and hook and touch. So it's just, I could sit here all day and in my mind, I know it's not going to go off until I, I pull through the shot. And mm-hmm. Marcus, this has helped me tremendously this one release and to go through the process that I have but like going back to what you were saying earlier was I went down that rabbit hole of the archery thinking I had to be something or had to do something a certain way. And I was listening to people. I was listening, watching and taking all this in when in reality, man, if I wouldn't have changed anything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have caused all this stress and money and <laughs> all this other things <laughs> that I've done the last two years. But in the grand scheme of things where I'm at currently, I put a lot of hard work into it. Um, so yeah, so I, the, and moral of that story of that kind of long winded information thing was if it's working, man, don't, don't fix something that's already not broken. And, uh, it might be good to listen and, and do things, but maybe like you were saying, try it out for yourself and do that. Uh, the other thing that I said, I know there was two parts. Um, they were, they were actually about boots and I'm not saying this cause, cause you're on, but man, for a while there, I was buying new boots every year about like six, seven years ago, just because I'd beat them and I'd buy them cheap from like Dunham's, whatever your local yep. sporting goods store. And, you know, I would wear them shoveling snow. And by the time turkey season would be rolling around, I'd, I'd, I'd by the end of turkey season scouting, I would have a hole in them, whatever. And then I bought my first pair of crispy boots and they were, they were the Summit GTXs. Love them. They're a great boot. I was like, man, these are versatile. I could wear them during rifle season here in Pennsylvania, archery season. And then the Thors came out. I didn't buy the Thors. I bought the Thor 2s. Uh, and I will say one of the questions that I had and we could talk about it is, if you're going to go down any type of rabbit hole or spend money on something gear-wise, I would say be base layers and a good pair of boots. So like... That's my my two cents when it comes to that. So if you are going to listen and take somebody's word for like a product, I mean, it could be like one thing of, I guess you could say like, take the brand out of it, but a good pair of boots and a good set of base layers. You know, the most important piece of equipment that you have on you is your boots. Nothing can take you in or, in or out of the field faster than hurt feet, cold feet, wet feet. Um, a lot of people just, you know, I, I was like you, I, I grew up and I was just wearing the boots we had around, man. Yep. Like they, and they did the job and it was great. And, and then I bought, I think a pair of under armors and then I bought a pair of Danners and I was trying to get something a little bit better. And, you know, I just, I wasn't even, I didn't know about the world of boots. I didn't know about quality, things like that. And then I came across, across crispy and some other brands that are up there as well. And it's a whole nother world, man. Like it is is crazy how much more they can elevate you. Like they just are built with quality and such intention and, and all the features that come with it, durability, um, 
ankle support. I mean, all of these features come together to really just create something that's going to make your hunting experience and outdoor experience so much better. Yep. No doubt about it. And I, I can't, I mean, it's so hard because I love the Thor twos. Um, Mm -hmm. they're by far probably the number one boot that I recommend to, to most people, but I love the Wyoming GTX, the Wyoming twos. I wore those last year, uh, a ton and they're, each one like served its purpose. And I know if you look at them, you're going to be like, Oh, they're very similar, but (laughs) they, they, they do, they were different. And I just all summer, uh, I've worn the new altitudes and man, those suckers, I, I already want to get another pair to be, to have because so the Thor twos and the Wyoming's they're both four flexes in when it comes to, you know, what, how stiff the sole is. Um, and you could probably even stick, or actually the Wyoming's are three, I'm sorry. Um, and you could, I like a stiffer flex when it comes to saddle hunting and, but man, that two and a half, is it the two and a half, is it two and a half on the altitude? Yep. It is two and a half. That is for early season when I'm not like extra layered up. And hopefully by that point in time, I'm still in better shape. Man, I, they have been awesome. And I think they'll do a, a phenomenal job up in the stand. But like, I mean, talk about how those maybe even a little bit of for a Western hunter, uh, just because I know the Tiva mids, a lot of people were wearing those like you know, trying to wear them last year and, and, you know, yep. where, where could you bridge a gap like a, a Tiva mid on steroids a little bit? That's not insanely stiff. And that's where I think that altitude really comes into play. Yeah, it definitely does. And you know, it's funny. I mean, we get so many questions about boots. It's like, Hey, which crispy do I choose? There's so many. <laughs> and the first thing I always say is like, you're not going to go wrong with any of them, right? Like you're going to be happy with all of them. They're just all a little bit different. And yeah, everyone's, everyone's feet are different, but, and, and that's going to kind of put you in a, in a specific direction, but crispies are built to just be awesome for everyone. And that Ativa mid, it was built to be a really awesome, just early season scouter trail cam setter, like just run and gun. But do I want to pack an elk out on it? Probably not. I prefer personally a bit more stability in the ankle, which you're also not going to get a ton of stability with that Thor. I mean, it's definitely there a lot more than the Ativa mid, um, because that Ativa mid is just a mid ankle. Um, the Thor comes up a little bit higher, but for me, I go to the Colorado every time. I love that thing. I mean, it's, it has all the bells and whistles for a Western big game boot and it's a synthetic. It's going to breathe really, really well. But it, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish and how your feet react to boots. I mean, a lot of people run hot. Some people don't. Some people need a little bit more insulation and others don't. Yeah. It kind of just depends on what you're doing. And that's where you can't really go wrong with Krispies because the max insulation you can get on almost their entire line is 200 grams. Once you jump up into the wild rock, you're getting to 400 and 800. And that's more for your tree stand sitting, cold hunts. But if you're an active hunter, you're going to want to stay away from the insulation or stay around that 200 mark. Right. I know. So like I said, I ran down quickly what I have and run. Uh, I know Dimitri just recently bought the Lapunia twos. Um, so he'll be running those this year. And then Jim, I know at TAC this past year at Pennsylvania TAC, he bought the Idaho twos because he likes a high, like a real high boot. 
Um, yep. and I was like, dude, you gotta go check him out. And he immediately, he was one of those guys at TAC rocking the new pair of boots on the mountain. So, um, it's, it's neat to see. And like, they both like, I mean, Dimitri, I don't know, has, hasn't really worn his as much, but I know Jim has, and like we were scouting last weekend, uh, together and he was wearing them and he's like, dude, these boots, I, he must've said that like four times. And he's like, I can't wait. Cause there's a hunt that we do in North central, uh, Pennsylvania when it's kind of in December and it's cold, it's really uh-huh. big, big woods. We're side hill in and we're hiking a lot. And, uh, he, he, uh, he's so pumped. Cause last year he was running like just crap and he's like, I'm ready. This is <laughs> it. Like th- these are going to be the end all be all. So yeah, man, like I get constantly questions about my setup, the way I run them, especially here in Pennsylvania, because I wear them throughout the year. I mean, the Thor twos lasted me my, when I was in Utah into the saddle and all I do is I just try, I still wear like a a good Merino sock. And when it got super, super cold, um, I wasn't typically hiking in maybe as far. And if that was the case, I would wear, I put a UGG insole in, in that just to kind of keep my feet, keep my feet a little warm. And then I would cut, uh, an old sock that I would have and put it like on the, uh, base of like the ball of my foot, basically, uh, Mm -hmm. just on that contact of the platform on the aluminum. And I, I, I never had really any issues. And, uh, man, if, if a boot that could have that comfortability, throughout the whole entire season. I mean, that's, that's where, what I looking for, that's what I'm looking for. And they've all been home runs for me. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where it just, it differs. It differs by person because where you're in a tree stand, you're in a saddle a lot of the time. Yep. I'm never, I'm <laughs> never in those. Yep. Um, and that's why the Colorado I'll run that literally from the spring up until the beginning of November, because I'm so active. I just want the, I want it to breathe really, really well. And I just, we have different styles of hunting, obviously out West. Um, but you know, a lot of the boots and again, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, they're all built to just be awesome and to elevate your hunting experience, but it does depend on the person. When you were saying you get a lot of questions, do you get any, uh, like when you think I'm going to try to put your whitetail cap on here, what are some of the main whitetail hunter questions you get, uh, from those guys? Or girls. You know, what's funny is that whenever I want run into guys from out East or the Midwest and they're mainly hunting whitetails out of tree stands or saddles, dude, they're using that Thor. Like I swear 80% of the time. Yeah. And it always blows my mind. Cause I'm like, dang, cause usually the, the stiffer boots, they're meant to really help you with elevation. They cut down on foot and calf fatigue when you're climbing a lot. Now Thor is a stiffer boot. And I always see it on those guys. And I'm like, you know what? Something's clicking there. Something that I don't know about is clicking, but usually what I'm suggesting to, to people out East and usually cause you're stationary, you're static a lot more is to get something with a little bit of insulation. That's going to be comfortable. The Nevada, the black Ovis, the Kenai, that thing is awesome. Um, the guide and especially that wild rock when it gets a little bit colder because you want a little bit of added insulation. If you're not using kind of a muck boot style. Yeah. 
The one question that I get when I go to a teach and train tour event with Tethered, you know, I always get mm-hmm. people will ask me when it comes to boots and stuff, because heck, we'll have like, especially in Montana, when guys are off the mountain and they're no bow in hand, they're now that are just walking around tent village, you know, they're wearing flip flops, whatever, and they'll get in the saddle to yep. try it out at that point in time. And, you know, I might say to them, you know, as far as your feet go, you know, how does that feel? And they're like, you know, that's fine. And I just say, you know, usually I recommend a stiffer boot for me. That's what I like personally. Um, and that's where, again, like I was saying that two and a half, Dimitri's going to run the Lapunia twos, but he knows how he's a physical therapist. So I love the one he he'll nerd out about the way his foot is like, he knows he likes a, a less flex yeah. in, in his boot. So he's, he's super pumped up about these for me. I know I, I had like a, another brand just before I didn't want to like wear my Thors out during the whatever I got in them and they were super, super lightly flexed. And I was in the, in the saddle for like 10 minutes and my feet were killing me. Thank goodness I bought my Thors. You know what I mean? And once I ran my Thors that whole season because of that stiffness and the more guys I talked to at tethered and, you know, they kind of recommend that little bit of a stiffer boot will kind of help, uh, prolong your you're able to you know sit quote unquote yeah and you know what's funny is that the altitude and the laponia those are the two closest flex that i can think of yeah i mean you're the laponia is a two flex and that altitude is a 2.5 the main difference in that flex there that you're going to see between those two boots is one the leather on the actual altitude that actually stiffens up the basically the structure of the upper boot and then the midsole on the Laponia, you have an EVA foam, which is going to be a little bit more comfortable inherently. Mm-hmm. And then with the altitude, you've got a polyurethane midsole, which is a little bit more rigid. Um, and, and you know, there are upsides and downsides to both that polyurethane. It's going to be more durable, last over time, a little bit more rigid, a little less ground fill, which can be good or bad. It can cut down on foot fatigue, but with that Laponia and the EVA foam, you're going to know when you've got literally a twig under your foot, which can be really helpful in some scenarios. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to talk to you about um, some must have either a new newbie Western hunter uh, or someone that's been doing that for quite some time. What are, would you say are some must have pieces of gear for a Western hunter uh, to have in their pack or at their disposal? That is a very big question, and that <laughs> list could go on for a long time. I'm but sure my can. first thoughts, my first thoughts go to a good boot. Mm-hmm. Like like we've been talking this whole time, um, a good boot is honestly going to make your experience out in the woods so much better. The second thing I would say is get the right accessories on your bow. Um, that That's can good. go such a long way. And as where we have so many options of great flagship bows from multiple different companies. You're going to be switching bows. You're going to be trying different stuff out. But what you can move from bow to bow is your accessories. So invest in some good stabilizers. Invest in a bomb-proof rest that's going to be repeatable. I personally use the Hamski Epsilon. I used the Trinity before that, and I used the Versa Rest before that. And I don't think there is a more repeatable bomb-proof rest on the market. And I move it from bow to bow. I use, I've used Black Gold, CBE, um, and a few other sites, but I find myself going back to my black gold a lot yeah. just because it is awesome. The, the manipulation that comes with that bow site is incredible. I mean, it's micro adjust just about everywhere you can think of. If you drop that, 
your bow might be destroyed, but that site's going to be intact. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, their new, uh, their new dual, uh, track, yeah, dual track. Oh man, I think it's primo. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I would say invest in good accessories and they make a huge difference. And third thing I would say is understand your hunting system. And by hunting system, I mean your outerwear. Understand how base layers, mid layers, and outer layers can help you stay out in the field and stay so much more comfortable. I mean, I grew up where we were wearing cotton shirts, cotton socks, <laughs> and and just honestly stuff that we'd grab from Walmart. And you know what? It worked and it was great. But now that I actually understand how to build a system, how to utilize it, I'm comfortable all the time. Yep. I'm dry all the time and I can stay out so much longer. And that helps when you're on a big buck, when you're on a good bull and you don't have to actually, well, you don't have to, but you aren't thinking about what you feel. Yep. Like if you're cold, if you're hot, I mean, you're just thinking about the hunting experience. That brings up, I mean, that what's beautiful about that answer on that third part is that could translates into the whitetail woods because same thing. I remember being, Oh, it's freezing out, zip up and walk to my stand and I get there. I'm like freaking drenched in sweat. And you know, this was years ago and it's like, Oh, I'm taking layers off and now I'm freezing because that got cold. And since then, man, it's changed so much. And I think there's so many good videos out there. So like when we were just saying about 20 minutes ago, you know, maybe not listen to everything, but when it comes to certain things, it is good to listen. And one of those is to find a video that breaks down it. I don't care what company it is. Um, yep. And look at how someone layers. It could be for, like you said, a Western, because that will translate into a whitetail situation. I know, were you with Kendall at all doing some whitetail stuff last year? No, I wasn't. Okay. He, he went out to Kentucky with Bridger. Okay. So like when you, for me, these last three years, I've been, everybody knows I, I, I love the stuff from First Light. I could honestly say in three years out of all my sits, if I messed up a layering system, maybe one time it was because I didn't really think it was going to be that cold or that type of situation. Um, and I may have brought the, the wrong base layer. Basically I, instead of wearing like uh -huh. the, the two fifty, I brought just like my wick hoodie. Um, so something along that lines, like it was a, a me problem, a me issue, but man, other than one or two times like that, like mistakes, I, like you were saying, I've never once had to worry about like, oh my gosh, I got to get down to walk around in order to be able to sit in the saddle for another four hours. Do you know what I mean? I, yep. Like you, I can yep. only focus on the then and there. We were just saying that last, the doe I shot in the late season here in January after ATA, that was a very cold day. And I remember getting a text from my <laughs> sister and my, my wife going, you're still out there. It is freezing out there. I'm like, I'm good. Like I legit remember being like, I'm good. There's, I'm not worried. And I wasn't cold. And yeah, it was, uh, cause it was a beautiful day. And then it did like, once it started getting in that evening, it, it cooled down really, really quick, but I was prepared, but it, like you said, know your system because it could help and, and save you in the back country or anywhere you're, you're hunting in the whitetail woods. Yep. And so earlier this year, I was actually up in Montana spending some time with the Sika guys. And I actually, John Barquill and I, he's a senior product line manager at Sika, yep. such a rad dude and so knowledgeable. Um, we actually sat down, we did a video on layering systems. So if you're interested in diving into that more, make sure to check that out. Just 
it is super rad. Understanding your system is everything. And at, at the end of the day, you don't want anything to pull you out of the field. You want to be comfortable. You want to be hunting. And you're not hunting if you're worrying about what you're wearing and if you're cold or not. So those three things that you picked could, if something were to go wrong or if you're cheaping out on something, I'm not saying you have to buy the top of the line type stuff, but there mm-hmm. are certain situations, whether it be your boots, whether it be certain accessories, like, you know, you could fall, like you said, you could toss your bow down and accidentally fall. Like your sight's still going to be off with the black gold is still going to be intact. So there are certain things that are going to keep you in the field and the proper layering system, like that's the point of it, right? That is the point mm-hmm. for us to go out on a hunt that you, it might have taken me four years to draw that, that tag to come out to Colorado or wherever. And I'm going to make sure I have everything that I need to properly keep me out there uh, when needed. I think Jeremy, that you and me and, and a lot of people listening, we spend too much time and too much investing in our hunts year round mm-hmm. to not, to not think about this stuff, to not plan for it, to not prepare and to not invest in the right gear to make it what we want it to be. Yeah, no doubt about that. I like that a lot. What, um, what's something about maybe black Ovis that a normal or an everyday customer doesn't maybe like realize about the site? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Two things come to mind. Um, one is our arrow ID service. Okay. Such a rad service where we custom custom build arrows from the ground up. I mean, we do everything that you can think of offset helical wraps, cutting arrows, um, inserts. I mean, really everything you can think of. And we work with basically every major arrow brand manufacturer. So if you need custom arrows built to match your other arrows, we can do it and we're fast and we're good, which is super rad. And the other thing that comes to mind is our rewards program. Um, (laughs) and this isn't like your other rewards program and I won't name drop here, but with other companies where you've got like 70,000 points and you've got three bucks to spend. It's not like that. <laughs> Every point is a dollar at Black Ovis. So say you get a mystery ranch pack and you get 70 points, that's 70 bucks to put towards your next purchase. So that's two things I think is, is pretty unique about Black Ovis. Now that's awesome. I've, I've been using Black Ovis for, for a long time. Um, and that's probably one piece that I probably, cause sometimes I've always been in a hurry to check out, whether it be, I'm like my wife's next to me. I'm so I'm hurry up and trying to put that order in and I'll do like check out as a guest <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. I, pr- I need to look in and see how many points I have and all that stuff. That's a, that's a good, good point. So one of the pieces of gear and I, it's not like something that you take hunting that drives me nuts is trail cams. <laughs> Oh man, I love trail cams. I do too. I love them. But my buddies over at Exodus make a hell of a camera. I just, unfortunately, um, it's one of the best cell cams that I've ever used from is, is the Exodus. Um, but they're pricey in it and they should be because of the, the way they are. They're, they're a great camera. I have good, you know, good experience with, uh, other reveals and all that type of stuff. But man, Man, I love trail cameras. Honestly, there's a couple guys in here that we're just, we're super into the game. Like, honestly, I am, well, my trail cameras are down now because of the law they just passed in Utah, which took so much work. But mid-season, before hunting season, so scouting season, I am running probably like 30, 40 cameras all over. And I love it. I love watching the animals. I love learning about their habits. And it's one of the best ways 
to scout. Mm -hmm. I mean, be there when you can. Mm -hmm. I mean, trail cams are going to do that. And it's an awesome way to learn about new areas, learn about stuff that you're not seeing when animals are nocturnal. Um, so trail cameras are an awesome resource, but they don't come without their difficulties as well. Like I, I've been really lucky with a lot of cameras I've been using. And to be honest, 95% of the cameras I use are all refurbs that I've gotten from camel fire. We sell a ton of refurbs all the time. People will send back cameras. They have issues with stealth cam fixes them and we sell them on camel fire for super good deal. Stealth cam has been awesome so far. a, A little sneak peek into when we record this, their brand their I guess they're off brand, the wild view. Um, uh-huh. their wild view new cell cam, uh, that was just released this year. They had a, a sale going on for sixty nine ninety nine, and I, I'm gonna buy two of them. I'm gonna give them a shot, see what happens. And I bought two of them and they worked flawlessly. Oh man. That's awesome. I was like, is this sale going back on? And next thing you know, I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I grabbed two more. <laughs> um, so I, I have four of those out and to this day, they've been out over a month and they are are working flawlessly. So for sixty nine ninety nine, I got a heck of a deal on cell cams, and the, and the uh, I think it's only like four or five bucks a month. You know where I'm at, it's I'm not putting them over like mineral or anything like that. So I'm not getting like just a crap yep. ton of pictures. So I'm getting I don't I don't really need to do like a huge plan basically. So it's I'm like sure I could. I could waste 20 bucks a month to, to put these out there. So yeah, man, I'm, I, uh, you know, like you're saying what for the law now in Utah, are you, are they just banished or do you have to have them down by a certain time? There's a hard stop. Basically, uh, when was this? I think it was about two weeks ago. You had to like literally pull down everything you had, cell cameras, normal cameras, nothing can be out. I mean, no bait, nothing. Um, which is, I don't know. In my opinion, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I think it hurts the blue collar hunter like you and me. Yeah. Um, guide, guiding services. I think they just hire more spotters and I could be wrong about this, but personally, I don't think trail cameras kill the animals, mm-hmm. especially with archery. You're putting in so much work and I don't think they understand that literally that, that just helps you. I mean, why not use the resources available? I mean, if you need to limit the number of tags that are being given out for a specific area, but bow hunting is tough, man. Yeah. Like it is so tough to get in within shooting range, get an ethical shot off. And guess what? Trail cameras aren't, aren't doing that. They aren't stalking the animal for you. They aren't performing shot execution. I mean, you're doing all of that. And I think personally, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about the law yeah. because one, I love watching the animals. I love learning about them. It's not just a hunting thing for me. Yep. It's a, let's, it's a figure out what nature's doing when I'm not there type of thing. Yep. Um, but I will say when it comes to trail cameras, like do, do a little bit of work before you set them out, especially if it's a cell camera, set it up. A lot of the difficulties I've run into were fixed almost immediately when I called customer service and I was like, Hey, this is what's happening. I've got it set up at my house. And they were like, all right, do this, this, and this. And it's it was fixed. ready to go. Yep. But if you get out on the mountain and you're trying to set up a cell cam, and you've got a little bit of spotty service and you're like, Oh man, why isn't this working? You get back down seven miles, like off the mountain. You don't want to go back up to fix that. <laughs> no, no. And you don't want to blow out your areas. Be smart about your trail cameras. They're there to help you not to hurt you. So I would say do a little testing before you put them out. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing that I've been doing. Like you just said, I have uh, three of those. I put all four 
out here just in the backyard to test them. I did that for like four or five days. And then I brought three back home to Northeastern Pennsylvania, which is two hours away from where I live currently. And in that just for that reason, because I, if I have to take off a teaching, I want to be able to at least have an idea and the mountain that I hunt, it's so big. Like if I get a buck on a camera on Tuesday, I made one, I it, that mountain's so vast. I may never one see that buck again, but I know he's in the area. You know what I mean? And if I mm-hmm. could maybe time that right conditions again of what that looked like, or if I start seeing in November, it's like, okay, I know when pictures in the day start picking up a little bit, the ruts on, I should go in like that helps again, not killing deer. That's not, I'm using that for my time sake wildly, you know what I mean? Wisely. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I kind of verify for me. It's not, yes, I'm going in there, a pattern and like, there's no pattern to it. It's just kind of like, Oh, Hey, it's starting to light up a little bit. I should go in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Cool, man. I, I want to talk a a couple of things about you uh, before we head off. What are maybe some new thing, pieces of gear that, that you're running this year that you're, you're pretty stoked about? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, on the backcountry side, cause I've been doing a lot of just run and gun, like two to three nighters. So I've been running a bunch of new camping gear and I've been testing out the Nemo riff bag, okay. which is super rad. It's got these really cool thermal baffles that you unzip there on the front of the bag. And it takes it from about a 15 degree bag to a 25 30. It just kind of vents it out, which I think is really cool. It's it's around two pounds. So super light. It's an ultra light addition for them. Um, so I'm really liking that, uh, big Agnes. I am running a new tent from them this year. It is called the fly Creek ultralight and it's really rad too. I mean, it's, I, I run two person tents because I want the space. I want to be comfortable. Yep. And honestly, I think it's 2.4 pounds. So yeah. it's already in the ultralight category, Yep. but I want to be able to bring my pack in, bring my bow in. If I'm in a hellstorm, um, I, I think it's just, it's how I want to run my setups. I know some guys kind of feel that badge of honor if they're in a one person ultra light, can't move type deal. And, and that's awesome. If it works for them, me, I want to be a little bit more comfortable. Yep. Um, so those are definitely two pieces of gear that I'm really liking. Um, but I mean, man, I probably shouldn't say this just in case my wife hears this, but I test out so much gear, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am always trying different products, knives, broadheads. There's a super cool new broadhead that I've been trying this year from Thorn. That's mm-hmm. the XV. Honestly, one of the most accurate broadheads I've ever shot. I've been shooting Thorns for a while. I think it's such a cool mechanical design and unlike a lot of others. So I, that's super rad. I'm also testing out the Grim Reaper Mini Mag 4-Blade Mechanical. But like I said, I'm, I'm always testing out new stuff, man. Those, uh, Thorn broadheads, I'm looking at them on, on black Ovis right now. They're 36 95 for a three pack. Can't beat that. Dude, they're still, and the rift, which I was using before them, that's a two blade, 2.2 inch cut diameter. It's actually what I shot my mule deer with on the Wasatch front this last year. Nice. And the hole, the entry hole was just devastating man i mean i've never seen a hole like it yeah it was so it was wild Sweet. they they perform so well they fly so well i mean i i do a lot with my archery setups like i said i love testing out everything i shoot through paper i line my broadheads all that jazz um and those are some of the best flying broadheads and best 
tuning broadheads that I've come across. Sweet, man. That's good. To, good to know. It's good, good information. What, um, what, what's on the docket for you for this upcoming season? So I have a archery deer tag for Utah, just a general. So that's, that's in a unit where we have a family cabin and I actually have a limited entry elk tag as well. Nice. And that is muzzle loader. So super fun. I'm so pumped for it. We got a crew of guys over here that, that are going to be helping me and we're going to be filming the whole thing. So keep your eyes peeled for a black Ovis film coming out later on for that limited entry hunt. The, for the muzzle loader, is that October? It's September 26th through okay. October 7th. Okay. So you got a two week window and I mean, it's just prime time for elk, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So excited. That's awesome, man. That sounds really cool. What have you been doing? You were saying you took all those trail cameras down. Anything else and preseason wise that you really were focusing on to try to improve for this year? You know, that's a good question too, because with this elk hunt, I mean, it's limited entry Utah. I'm not going to draw this t- tag very many times in my lifetime. Um, and you know, with the timing, every bull that is going to be in that unit, mm-hmm. it's going to be 15 miles away from it where it is yeah. at the early season. I mean, everything, once it gets into that, into the rut and into the second cycle, which is going to be around that time, they're 15 miles away, at least from where they normally are. Wow. And so to be honest, I've just been scouting new country like crazy. I've been looking at escape routes at entry points, saddles. I mean, just stuff that I haven't normally gone into. And I know that area very, very well. And just really, I've just been learning the land because I know the elk, I know the cows, I know where they go. Um, it's really just been awesome for me because I have a deer tag for the same unit and I've just been scouting bucks and new country and I'm not really focused on the bulls. I mean, I've been seeing them quite, quite a few all over. Um, and they're so fun to watch, but they're going to be moving. They're going to be far away from where they are right now. So I've just been learning the country even better. You have eyes on when's your opening day for the deer. That is this Saturday. I was going to say it's coming which up. Which I am so stoked for. <laughs> Dude, oh, man. We yeah. couldn't we couldn't time this podcast any better because after this weekend I probably would have we would have been going I until know. Christmas. <laughs> Oh man, dude, that's awesome. This Saturday. Well, cause the reason why too, I ask is I memories popped up from two years ago coming out there to Utah and it was there. I was in my full get up like on the mountain and, you know, glassing and doing all that stuff. And I was just like, Oh man, I, I can't wait to do that again. Totally. And honestly, I hope I, I have a couple options to get out East and do a little white tail this year, which Sweet. I know that you always hear about the guys out East want to go out West, but I'm one of the guys out west that wants to come out east. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I can get after some whitetails this whitetails this year. What, what? Any particular states or anything? Um, Ohio. So we are partnered with uh, Working Class Bowhunter. Nice. I'm going to go out and spend a little time with that crew. And super stoked. Great, great crew of guys. I'm yeah. sure you you yep. know them or yep. Yep. you've heard of them. Absolutely. Um, going to try and spend a little bit of time with them and hopefully get after some deer out there. Dude, that's awesome. That's, that's exciting to hear. I can't wait to, as far as, you know, like you were saying tips for, for saddle hunting and, uh, getting in the whole, uh, the, the layering system, just let me know, man. I, I'd love to help you out. You'll be the first person yeah. I call. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Dude, I, I honestly, other than just going down, I want you to really plug about like black Ovis with the video side of things. Like you guys do a great job, uh, as far as like my biggest thing, in a nutshell, why I started Antler Up was because, especially on the video side of things, 
I, before I purchase, purchase something, I like looking up videos and I could, I could, you know, distinguish like what was somebody given for free and what was, you know, someone yep. spending their hard earned money on and like actually doing a review on things. So that was like one of my main kind of pieces or just a little bit more information doing that. Like the thing I like about you guys is like, you just offer it, you sell it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously you believe in it because yep. you're selling it, but at the same time, you don't push them in, in the videos. You're like, Hey, this is what it is. Like, this is from them. Like check it out over at blackoffice.com. Boom. Done. Right. You guys put out a good, good segments on, 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 on your videos. And you put a lot out, out there during the week. Yep. You know, like you it's know, awesome. We live in a really cool age of media where we have so many resources. There's so many knowledgeable people that are talking about the gear they use. And in a lot of point, in a lot of aspects, selling it. I mean, like you just mentioned, a lot of these people are partnered up with others and, and we don't want to be that same thing. To be honest, we want to be not the person that's, that's trying to sell you on one specific product. We want to educate you about every product so that you know, what's going to help you best. And that's why we're never going to push you on something harder than something else. We're going to try and educate you. We're going to try and tell you what a product is going to do for you and what it will not do for you. Right. Because at the end of the day, we want your hunting experience to be better. We want you to have a better time every single time you go out. And so we want to focus on the product and the education side of things. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, we do a lot of video content. We do. I mean, we're always coming out with new reviews, testing out new products. One, because we love it. We have a really passionate crew about hunting and gear here at Black Elvis and Camel Fire. And we're all out using this stuff all the time. But the last thing we're going to do is tell you to buy something that we don't believe in. Right. It's, it's actually our mantra at Black Elvis, solid hunting gear. And we believe in that. Mm-hmm. We don't sell stuff unless we think it's solid. But that doesn't mean it's solid for everyone. And that's why we educate. We educate on what it's going to do for you how it can be used so that you know, Hey, I'm either going to take this sleeping bag or this one. I'm going to be in a really wet climate. So I want to take synthetic over down. So yeah, we do push a lot of content, but our hope is that it's actually educating hunters. It's, it's making that experience better at the end of the day for them. Yeah, no doubt. And I'll say I, the ones that I really like, uh, one, I like them all, but like the one you visited, like you particularly were up there with Dan, like staying from, from uh, yeah, shape. Yep. like even just interacting with him, seeing what he likes, seeing what he uses. And you guys were going over the releases, like just stuff like that. Those are cool. Kendall, when he gets on and talks about whether it be about crispy boots and new, uh, those range pants that you guys are coming out with just certain uh-huh. things. I don't know. It's, it's, they're very, they are educational and that's what I really like about them. They're just, they're cool. They're, they're, uh, to the point. So you guys do a really good job with those. Oh, I appreciate that. Heck Thank yeah, you. man. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I I'm, I'm pumped for you that you're, I, I appreciate your time. You could be at home, double checking your, your gear checklist, all that stuff. You, <laughs> you, you took that hour time with me and I want to be cautious of that Marcus. And man, I thank you so much for coming on. Like where could people follow along with what you, like you were just saying, you're going to have some guys filming and, and potentially doing some stuff. So check the channel out. What, where could people follow, listen or watch and buy stuff? Absolutely. Um, well, thank you first off for having me. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Jeremy. You're rad. I love the podcast. You guys are doing great stuff. Thanks man. Um, 
And second, if you want to, if you guys want to follow along with Black Elvis and Camel Fire, first follow us on Instagram. We're always we're always posting new content, new gear we're testing out, sales we've got going on, and and what's also really cool is our giveaways. We're always talking about those, and it's free to enter, and they're usually really rad. Yeah. So don't miss out on that. And then also the Black Elvis YouTube page. That's where we're going to be posting our full length gear reviews. If you're gearheads like us, like follow along. We love it, and we hope you do too. And and if you ever have questions, give us a call. We've got an awesome team here that's ready to hand, answer any call or email and help someone get into what they need. Awesome, man. Marcus, thank you so much. I honestly, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks again. We have, uh, Marcus, we actually had a couple listeners in uh, on this, and uh, so I appreciate you guys joining in and listening. Hopefully, uh, you, you'll tune in next week when it airs, So, and hopefully by then we'll be seeing some pic- pictures of Marcus with a, a nice uh, big old mule deer on, 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 <laughs> online somewhere. Hopefully. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Antler up.